1: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. So the uh, Republicans got a little bit crushed last night in many, many key states in the uh, election uh, results. So pretty bad for the Republicans. Wonder what Ronna McDaniel's doing, huh? I mean, she absolutely failed. And I guess she failed to get people to out to the polls and vote. But she also failed uh, on the issue of articulating the position. And I would say it's Trump's position on abortion. And uh, so, you know, you got to you got to look at this and and just say, wow, you know, is she trying to lose the party? I You know, she's been aligned with the Lincoln Project and aligned with the McCarthy's and the the McConnell's, the McRhinos, Republicans in name only. She's been aligned with the Paul Ryan's of the world. She was aligned with the Cheney's of the world, Liz Cheney, and all these other people that have since come out and have proven themselves to be Trump-hating rhinos. So, you know, what gives? We have a, a few um, excerpts on this, and you know that everybody's pointing to the issue of abortion with respect to Ohio and particularly in Virginia, because remember Virginia, R- Runkin, um, he uh won based on education and parents' rights. That's how he won in Virginia. And I think Trump actually won won Virginia. I think there was a lot of fraud in Virginia. I think there's fraud anywhere you have these electronic machines that are switching votes like they did in Pennsylvania last night. And people are now suggesting in all these areas where there's fraud to go to paper ballots. But you still need to get the minority inspectors out there. You know, the, the people that are... Not in charge, you know. Like a minority inspector would be a, a Republican in the Philadelphia GOP, and because I used to be a minority inspector in the Philadelphia GOP, it doesn't make me a minority person. It makes me a minority party. But nevertheless, um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fraud still. But they held ground in, like, Mississippi and some other states where the Presley guy down in Mississippi, very religious guy, wasn't on the abortion issue because – and they somehow won that state. But, you know, the thing is, is that from all the news that I'm gathering – and I didn't pay too close of attention of these elections – but there were a lot of close elections. I mean, Virginia took a beating, you know. They lost the, they they thought that they would uh, hold the Senate and they thought that they would pick up enough votes to, to control the House. They didn't pick up enough votes to control the House and they didn't pick up enough votes to hold the Senate. They lost the Senate. So it was a huge win for the Democrats in a, key state like virginia a purple state a state that trump i think was winning trump was winning that state in 2020 and i just think there's a lot of election fraud in that state and i say that state that's actually my state but uh you know because i live in uh inside the beltway in dc And uh, in Arlington, Virginia. But uh, it's not that great of a place, really. A lot of uh, wokeness, a lot of libtards, a lot of... Northern Virginia is full of liberals that work in the government, that think they're so smart. They're all academics. A lot of education here. A lot of people come from all over the United States... Highly educated, highly competitive, but extraordinarily liberal. And it's concentrated right here. You know, D.C. itself voted for for, um, for the Democrats, you know, like 93% of the time. They even voted in a mayor, Mayor Barry, who was caught on videotape doing crack and also caught on... Uh, record uh, for hiring hookers and things like that, and they don't care. So, you know, the thing is interesting: is you got Mal- Mariel Bowser, uh, the mayor of mayor of uh, D.C. You had Stephanie rollins Blake in Baltimore. You get these black women mayors, and they're the most radical left. And that's what happened in Philly. And she is a radical socialist left winger, if you've ever seen one. And it's it's a bit scary, really, when you think about it. Sherelle Parker was just elected the mayor of Philadelphia. She's the first black woman to get the job, but she's the 40th Democrat in a row to hold it. And Philadelphia has been going down the tubes uh, ever since. So nothing will change. It's going to end absolutely horribly. She's going to be to defund the police. And the guy she ran against, David O, oh, I've met him several times. I, I've had conversations with him. He's been a city council guy for quite some time and then he lost his city council seat recently. And David O, oh, an Asian guy, um, you would think that he would, you know, have the stronghold of the uh Chinatown and, and things like that, the Asian community, which is pretty vibrant in Philadelphia. And they're a strong political group. But a lot of those people are Democrats. So this guy says the city is lost. So he, um, David O got about 25% of the vote. I can recall when Mayor Kinney who used to sit beside me at this bar and get slobbering drunk at, you know, this place on Ray Street. And, you know, he was the town drunk. And I made a joke one time I was out with friends. I said, let's walk by Ray Street. You know, let's walk by and see if uh, he's at this typical bar. And it was just a... We were walking and uh, I... We walked down there, and there's three black limos. This was when he was mayor-elect. And there's three black limos. Because he was the mayor-elect, he now is protected with Secret Service or whatever they have in Philly. And sure enough, he was there, walked in briefly. We didn't stay. But there he was, as usual, at the bar. And then the mayor before him Uh, had a secret place uh, on one of these side streets where there was a basement uh, speakeasy, had this door that looked like a little book library, and you can get a pass and go down inside. And I went down inside because I wanted to get a tour, and the person gave me a tour. I didn't stay there. And there was the mayor with his mistress. Philadelphia is such a crooked town. You go to Kensington and there's nothing but heroin and crack and fentanyl. And you go to Northwest Philly and you could make it out of there. If you could make it out of Beirut, you would be have a better chance. Just like Jared Kushner said, he has a better chance of surviving as an American Jew in Saudi Arabia than on a university American university campus. So Philadelphia is lost. Detroit was the richest city in the United States in 1960. They won Democrat, and all of a sudden, Detroit is, you know, the bottom of the barrel. And it's run its course. And in a large capacity, unions are a huge problem there. I remember growing up in the the Ohio Valley, and uh, the Steel Valley uh, back in the 70s. And, you know, steel was king and buy American. You know, cars had Amer- steel bumpers. Remember that? They rusted like crazy. But Japanese, they've been, they made a movie of uh, uh, gung-ho with Michael Keaton that, that really addressed that issue. How Japanese was emerging, you know, the the whole market, the the global market, the shipping lanes and everything were getting very sophisticated at the time. This was before the Internet. Once the Internet came, it was, you know, the world markets were together. Which is when they started pushing this globalism because they knew that they could achieve this goal of a one world, new world order, one world, government, government. And this is why globalism has really become what it is. And they've controlled media. They've controlled the Internet. They've controlled every aspect of things. Remember, Al Gore was the one that... It was really the National Science Foundation that started the Internet. But, you know, with regard to donate domain names and registrations and things like that, it was the National Science Foundation. But Al Gore says he started it. Now, I was there. I started an internet hosting company called CompuWeb. You can check it out, CompuWeb.com. I started that in 1985. I mean, I'm sorry, 1995, 95, in New York City. And migrated down to Philadelphia and kept on keeping it. And, uh, you know, we hosted tens of thousands of websites and that's how I made my bread and butter as a website hosting and web development and programming and e-commerce solution provider for corporations around the world. So that's a little bit about your your uh, humble show host. That's what I did. You can check out CompuWeb.com. That's my company. And uh, in any case... I was there in the beginning, and I know how all that went. You know, I know how all that went. Al Gore had nothing to do with it. But look at Al Gore today pushing climate. He valued and he understood the power of this global connection, this interweb, this interconnection between countries and the possibilities. And so did every other globalist to skirt around American uh, regulations and taxation and laws. There was this really great report on uh, how the rich avoid taxes that I'm going to play one day. It's, it's about stock options. They were talking about Elon Musk, for example. And Elon Musk would buy stock options, but you would never have to pay stock options you would, never take, you would never pay taxes on stock options. So you would have options. You would have millions of options. And then the stock value goes way up. And now you're worth billions with very little money in the bank. And so what you do, what do you do? What do you do to, to have spending money? Well, you borrow against the options. So you have these stock options that you never pay taxes on. You might get them for six dollars a, a stock, and then they come and they become a thousand dollars a stock. Now you've just made six like billion dollars or something, right? You have billions of dollars, depending on how many stock options you have. You might have millions of stock options that compounded into billions of dollars of net worth of worth. And guess how much tax you pay on those options? Zero. Okay. So you got that part. Now, you don't have any spending money. You need some money. So you take out a loan against the options. And like the Bidens know so well, and what James Comer's talking about, is he's talking about how the Bidens are full of these loans. Taking loans. This is a loan. That's a loan. Paying back a loan, but no one's paying interest on these loans, and so these loans are not taxable. It's not the considered income. So you could be as rich as Trump, or you could be as rich as, as Elon Musk, and pay very little in taxes, and yet be worth billions of dollars. And when you have, when you throw in the mix of overseas. Uh, activity. Well, you know, where where's the jurisdiction for your taxes? And you can hide and launder, and there's a lot of ways to to get rich. These are all asides to things that are sort of connected to the coru- corruption and the mess that we have. I think a lot of the globalism and the globalist mess that we have comes from the fact that we're really in an infant stage of this global agenda and this global um, environment that we find ourselves in. That technology is moving faster, a lot faster, than our little human minds can keep pace with. And before we even get to the place where we can perfect it, we're getting into cloning, we're getting into artificial intelligence, we're getting into all of these things that are way beyond our capacity. Way beyond. And it's... uh, We're in over our heads, so to speak. We don't even know what AI could do to us. We don't know... And that's that was the reason why there was a ban on cloning. We don't know what the what cloning could do to us or cryogenics can do to us. You know I heard the the conspiracy story that uh, Walt Disney was frozen. Who knows maybe he'll come back one day, straighten out Disney. who knows if he was if he was even a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know anything about him. I heard that rumor, but we create these technologies that. Yeah, we create nuclear weapons, right? That can just blow us all up off the planet. And yet we start these endless wars. And it's a usurping of power from the middle class. The middle class is just working and working to pay the bills and to get ahead. But right now, if globalism was so great, why is inflation so bad? If globalism was so great, why are our civil liberties. You know, if we've evolved so well and that what they were selling was such a utopia, that the internet is great and that air travel is better than ever and that, you know, all of these automations make our lives better, whether it's the computers in your kitchen, the computers in your car, the computers anywhere you want to look you know, the the technologies that are available to us. I mean, if I wanted to print something right now, I can print it right through the air and it comes out of a laser printer on the other side. You know, in one sense, you know, you say, how can you consider yourself oppressed if, you know, you're poor but you have a cell phone that's worth a thousand bucks, you have $100 sneakers that are on, you know, whatever. There's a lot of memes out there talking about the the oxymoron of that. Maybe we are all spoiled. Maybe, you know, a lot of our new generation, whatever it's called today, I have no idea. It's not X, it's not Z, it's it's something new. Um, But I don't know what the generation is today, but, you know, if they had to live like they did in the 20s you know with a uh, horse and buggy and no phone and candle electricity in a lot of rural areas and uh and and outdoor plumbing like an outhouse i could recall you know i'm a native american indian i could recall going to to my grand, great grandfather's house who was a native american chief and you know they were poor And they had the outhouse and they had a small little house. They had cold water, but they didn't have hot water. You had to boil the hot water, put it in a sink and wash. There were snakes running around the rural areas that they lived in. And as a kid going to the outhouse in the middle of the night, I mean, I didn't have a flashlight on my phone. I didn't have a phone. (laughs) But, you know, we live in a different world today. I don't know how the kids today would—I think in some ways they'd be better off, though. So, you know, our elections last night were were not great for the Republicans, that's for sure. And uh, had, you know, very interesting results. Yesterday, also, uh, you had Rashid Tlaib get censored, whatever the heck that means. Yeah, I know. It's one step below expulsion. But (laughs) who cares? I mean, she didn't, she didn't, she wasn't remorse for saying, you know, land to the sea, uh, that the Hamas should own the land to the sea, which is basically to not acknowledge Israel as existing. That's what, that's what Barack Hussein did. His whole term, his whole two years. And guess who followed Barack, Hussein's, uh, Barack Hussein down that pop, uh, rabbit hole? Guess who did it? Uh, Lindsey Graham. He was another guy that did the same thing. He would say ISIL instead of ISIS. A propped-up mercenary group watching, looking out for the oil pipelines out of Iraq where politicians were getting rich, as just about as rich as Ukraine made them rich, just about as rich as this Middle East conflict is going to make them rich. The oil pipelines were ungoverned because Saddam Hussein was murdered. Gaddafi was murdered. Mubarak was thrown out of office, replaced with a Morsi, the Muslim Brotherhood. And together... They were able to run oil in exchange for gold and mining rights into Africa, out of Iraq, and they were able to run oil out of Iraq through Turkey, hence the reason why it is that Erdogan and Obama were such great friends, because they had a green light initiative and Syria, they needed a piece of Syria and that's why they set up headquarters for ISIS in Syria. And and also that's why there was a conflict in Syria. Because Russia uh, Syria is a puppet country of Russia. Russia is protected, protecting Syria, and has their largest naval base outside of Russia in Syria. And so Russia says, well, you know, if oil's coming up from Iraq on the cheap, that's going to hurt our oil coming down from Russia into Europe. Uh, So that's going to hurt our business. That's a competing revenue stream. And I remember Lindsey Graham calling it ISIL when he was trashing Trump and, and getting involved with McCain and all these different... Black market deals, whether it's Ukraine, from Ukraine all the way down to the Middle East. There's video footage. There's dialogue. I got, the, I got the receipts on all that. But that's what ISIL was. The same thing that Rashid Tlaib got in trouble for was the same thing that was being done, just said differently. From the land to the sea, right? Doesn't acknowledge Israel. Well, ISIS versus ISIL in Levant versus in Sham is a region of the world in the Middle East. One includes Israel and the other doesn't. So, you know, it's the same thing. A same exact thing. One person gets censored. They're all a bunch of morons. They're all corrupt as can be. And that's why I choose not to even get too involved in this whole conflict, because it's just absolute bonkers, nonsense. It's a joke. It's a charade. But, you know, obviously, I can't stand Rashid Tlaib. She's a a radical terrorist sympathizer. But there were four Republicans that supported her. Tom McClintock from California, Ken Buck from—it says California. I didn't know Ken Buck was from California. I guess so. John Duarte from California. These Californians love their terrorists. Oh, and then you got Tom Massey from Kentucky. That's a shocker. Massey from Kentucky? So four Republicans voted against censoring Rashida Tlaib. Wonder why. She basically said death to Israel. I don't know. I can't figure it out anymore. But... I will say this this guy named Mike, uh, Mike Denight. <laughs> Just like the Georgia Senate race in 20 and 22, they expect us to believe tens of thousands of Kentuckians voted straight red except for a very liberal governor. All the while, very few to no liberal voter went straight blue except for a conservative governor. So there's um, more cheating is what they're making the argument. It says we have uh, Joe Biden said in 2020, we have put together the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Also, Joe Biden, a week later, said, I don't need you to get me elected. I need you once I'm elected. I don't need you to vote for me because I already got the votes. I need I don't need you to get me elected I need you once I'm elected. I need your support. So that was Joe Biden October 31st. So Joe Biden on October 24th said we have to put together we have put together the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. He wasn't president then. So he certainly wasn't talking about Voter integrity, he had no control over voter integrity in October 24th, 2020, when he said that. The only thing you could do as a private citizen is voter fraud. So anybody that tries to spin that and say that he didn't mean what he said, he had no control over voter integrity. And there was no voter integrity in 2020. You couldn't possibly have voter integrity when he had... No signature verification. You had anonymous drop-offs in the tens of thousands. You had anonymous pickups from nursing homes. You had ballot harvesting, and you had mail-in balloting from a post office that whose union supports the Democrats only. Now that's the part you you haven't heard—that the post office gets involved. In distributing these ballots and there's codes on them that there's been proof that there's been lots of codes that indicate Republicans and Democrat ballots. And the thing is, is that the, the post office is one big, huge union that supports Democrats only run by a bunch of minorities. I mean, that's all that you ever see working there. And they hate Trump. Now, minorities are changing. They're waking up finally and figuring it out that, you know, Trump is the answer. But they're slow on the uptake. So the other one is it's no longer just about who gets to vote or making it easier for eligible voters to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. Now, guess who said that? Joe Biden said that July thirty. So Joe Biden said all three of those things. But there's still no cheating. The mainstream media would like you to believe that RFK Jr. pulls more votes from Trump than Biden in three-way race. And they come out with these fake polls that indicate that. But Amuse writes, Why is corporate media so desperate to convince us that RFK is going to pull more votes from Trump than Biden? The fact of the matter is that RFK is simply a better Democrat than Biden. He is not a Republican. He supports abortion, gun control, and reparations. So the thing is, is that they're using RFK Jr. as their secret weapon. (laughs) So they're trying to do it in such a way where they may not have the algorithm. They may not have the algorithm. Trump might be so far ahead of Biden that the algorithm is broken. That they can't fake it anymore. That's what happened in 2020. They literally needed 110% voters compared to the number of registered voters to pull off the fake ballots there is more votes than registered voters in so many counties they broke the, that's breaking the algorithm that's when you don't have enough votes even when you're cheating so what they're doing is they're putting RFK Jr in there and they're trying to make RFK Jr look like Trump And and then they're going to make the argument. And that's what they've done with polls, these fake polls. See, if the polls have Trump ahead 40 points, say Trump is up 80 to, or or let's say 60 to 20, or 60 to 40. Let's just say something reasonable like that. 60, Trump is at 60, and Biden is at 40. So Biden's 10% under 50, across the board. And Trump is 10 points over 50, right? So that's a 20-point gap. And then all of a sudden, on election night, Biden wins all these swing states by five points. No one would ever believe polls again, number one. Number two, they couldn't make the argument that fraud didn't occur because the anomaly of being that wrong wouldn't make sense, would it? Because, see... When I call somebody up and ask, who are you voting for? Uh, and you answer, there's no fraud there. It's just a question and answer. But with anything, you can manufacture the data. And they keep it reasonable and close so that the outcome that is about to happen can be expected. <clears throat> it's a preemptive expectation. I, mean, I think that's a I think that's redundant actually, but you get the idea. So Republicans underperformed, Trump outperformed down ballot uh, Trump, Republicans underperform. So Johnny Magus says this. Trump outperforms down ballot Republicans in every race. Voters overwhelmingly vote in favor of abortion. Trump zero abortion ban signed, DeSantis six week ban signed. It's pretty simple. Trump is the way. All right, so here's Trump's position on abortion. Let's take a listen to this. Um, this is sort of where he is. People are voting for abortion and marijuana. Gen Xers survived this. Wake up. Congress had 50 years to codify. They are using this for your vote. They don't care about you, you have much bigger issues. We on a, we're on the verge of a recession and world War three small portion of trump's plan you know and that's true and I, I got a clip that's gonna resonate that exact point from from uh Tucker Carlson who I cannot wait for that interview that he has with Julian Assange to come out that's not out yet but uh man that that ought to be pretty interesting all right let's take a listen to this we're gonna take a listen um
0: both sides are going to come together and both sides both sides and this is a big statement both sides will come together and for the first time in 52 years you'll have an issue that we can put behind us
2: at the federal level
0: uh, it could be state or it could be federal i don't frankly care so you're not committed to a ban at the I federal i will say level. this everybody uh including the great legal scholars <laughs> love the idea of roe v wade terminated so it be brought back to the states
2: it sounds like that's what you think too that it should remain a state i would say
0: this from a pure standpoint from a legal standpoint i think it's probably better but i can live with it either way it's much more important the number of weeks is much more important but something will happen with the number of weeks the amount of time after which you can't do it and you know what the the most uh the most powerful People that are anti-abortion are okay with that now. And you know what? They weren't okay with that even a year ago.
2: Your former vice president, Mike Pence, believes that a fetus should have constitutional rights. Do you believe that, Mr. President? Well, Mike Pence
0: said something about 15 weeks, too, which was a big change for Mike Pence because Mike Pence had no exceptions. I have exceptions, by the way. I think people should have exceptions. I think if it's rape or incest or the life of the mother... I think you have to have exceptions. Does a fetus have
2: constitutional rights? And, Mr. and a President? lot of people,
0: when they don't have exceptions, now, I will tell you that I think most people, most Republicans, are willing. Uh, you go, life of the mother, mm-hmm. rape, incest. I. Th- I think people should have exceptions. I think if it's rape or incest or the life of the mother, there was a two. It was a two piece video audio. Constitutional rights, and, and a lot President? of people, when they don't have exceptions, now. I will tell you that I think most people, most Republicans, are willing. Uh you go Life of the Mother, mm-hmm. rape, incest. I think most of them are are there. But should a, fetus That's a big have statement.
2: constitutional rights, Mr. President? Well Just- I don't
0: know I don't know what he's saying because before he wanted you know, you couldn't have a bush. But what are Look, you saying? Now all of what a, do a you sudden think? Excuse me, now all of a sudden he's saying fifteen weeks. I said, Wow, where did that come from? That's a radical change. Look something is going to happen that's going to be good for everybody. And that's what I'm, I'm almost like a mediator in this case.
1: So what Trump is saying is this, and we're going to continue this for a second, but just so you understand, Trump is basically saying it doesn't really matter what I think. It matters what people, this issue should be more local. It should be at the state level. And if you want to live in that state, then live in that state. If you don't want to live in that state, live in another state. And that's the way it's, uh, the republics always should have been, or it always has been, is that power, more power to the states, sovereignty to the states. This way, the federal government doesn't have so much power and that you can live in a jurisdiction of the country or a state in the country that reflects your values Because not everybody's values are going to be the same. The founding fathers understood this, so I think that Trump is absolutely right on this, and and in fact, you know, the Republicans, if you look at the election this year, yesterday, uh, there were major problems, Uh, and we got beat up on marijuana, which I uh, detest. It makes me paranoid. I would never I, I just can't stand marijuana. I think it's I think it's bad for you and I'm not a big fan of it. Um I don't do it. You know, I I don't do it. it makes me paranoid. I actually think that if they did more studies they'd find there's associations with schizophrenia on that. I, I could be wrong about that. But I, I'm not a big fan at all. Um and I don't think you know i'm not so but i don't really understand it enough to to weigh in on whether it should be legal or not uh, i personally don't care if it's legal or not except for the fact that i think it's harmful i think that they're it's not good i think it's a gateway drug so for a lot of reasons if i had you know in the perfect world i would probably say why do we need to introduce another drug we already have alcohol why Why introduce another drug to make our population smarter? I mean, isn't that the goal? To be better? So I don't know. I just think it's counterproductive um, to be having that as an issue. I think it's also counterproductive um, for abortion to take so much center stage. Um, and I think it should be something that the states should weigh in on. And I think Trump is right
0: they wanted roe v wade terminated because it was inappropriate
1: and i agree with this we got
0: it done something is going to happen it's going to be a number of weeks something's going to happen where the both sides are going to be able to come together and then we'll be able to go into other things like the economy our military are you saying a federal band with exceptions is that what you're saying uh I, what I say is very simple, because you can't put words in my mouth like that. Because I just You've been hearing to me talk about this issue, yeah. and I think talk about it uh, very productively. It could be a state ban. It could be a federal ban. But Democrats want that, too. Democrats don't want to see abortion in the seventh month, okay? I speak to a lot of Democrats. They want a number. There is a number, and there's a number that's going to be agreed to. So
1: so obviously this gets to conception, right? And the the, uh, religious aspects of this. Uh, And that's why Trump wants to push it to the state.
0: Republicans should go out and say the following. Because I think the Republicans speak very inarticulately about this subject. I watched some of them without the exceptions, et cetera, et cetera. I said, other than certain parts of the country, you can't – you're not going to win on this issue – But you will win on this issue when you come up with the right number of weeks because Democrats don't want to be radical on the issue. Most of them. Some do. They don't want to be radical on the issue. They don't want to kill a baby in the seventh month or the ninth month or after birth. And they're allowed to do that. And you can't do that.
1: So the reason why um, Ronald McDaniel is such a loser, such a loser, I mean, a big time money laundering, money-grubbing, loser. She, she's laundering cash that's being donated to WinRed. I would recommend never giving money to WinRed or the RNC and just give it to the Trump organization um, because Trump is the one that's doing the right thing. He's on the right side of the issues and he's generating uh, revenue. And I hear this, that the Republicans didn't work hard enough. Well, guess Guess what? Trump works harder than any Republican I've or any candidate I've ever seen. So not only is Trump working hard, I think he's right on the issues. I think that the big way the way you win the abortion argument is you win it by uh, spending a lot of money, accusing the Democrats of supporting infanticide. Because in this country, if you look at the polls, the true polls, you would, have, you would have maybe 15% support for infanticide, and you would probably have something like 75% for some limitations. Yet there's a lot of liberal Democrats that are so afraid of alienating their base that they will never answer the question on infanticide. And by infanticide, I mean all the way up until, like Trump said, seven weeks. But that's not infanticide seven weeks. That's late term. But you get the idea, right? That eight, seven, eight, ninth month, you know, the the third, tri- I guess it's the third trimester. Um, and, and then infanticide is after the baby. And there's radical lefties that that support that. And if the Republicans could just get off their heels defending their position and get on the balls of their feet and push back and get the Democrats on on their heels having to defend the indefensible of infanticide or late-term abortion, which is insane, Well, then you won the argument. It's so easy to win. You can win this argument. But the leadership at the RNC, starting with Ronald McDaniel, is allowing the Republican Party to lose seats in every state legislature last night and and every every, uh, midterm and every uh, major election. If ballot harvesting is what needs to be done in order to get enough votes in the legislature, in the legislatures, to reverse and to push and advance voter integrity, like paper ballots, like getting rid of these rigged voter, voter machines, like you know, voter ID requirements and things like that, we'd be better off. We'd be a lot better off. So, um, yeah. Here's the point that uh, Tucker was making right here. People need to care about their country and not so much about these foreign policies that make no matter.
0: i from America recently. It's like not in
1: good shape at all. It's kind of poor,
0: actually. Shockingly poor. And um, people should be really mad about that. And instead, they're mad about whatever, Israel, Hamas. I mean, I get it. You know, I understand people are upset on both sides. However, it's unhealthy to be, spend all your time in your head enraged about a foreign conflict when your own country is suffering so badly. Like, we need that energy, that constructive energy here. And I never hear anybody say 108,000 people died of fentanyl ODs last year in my country. Oh, yeah. Like young people, a lot of whom weren't doing fentanyl. They were taking Percocet or benzos, and they ingested a pill with it, and they died. They were poisoned to death, okay? That's unbelievable. That's outrageous. No one seems mad about that. Yeah, They're mad about some foreign war,
2: and what a waste.
1: Yeah, and the foreign wars are just such a joke. You got uh, Zelensky. He just said, absolutely irresponsible to suggest holding elections in Ukraine. (laughs) That's Zelensky, right? Zelensky, who begs for cash. listen to this Zelensky, high on crack, it seems like needing another hit. Here he is: You can't give us can't give us
0: some financial support. Okay. okay, please give us a credit and we will give you back money after the war.
1: Beggars can't be choosers, man. I mean that guy is literally begging. Tough guy, tough guy begging. Um, you know, it's absolutely insane. We got cities that are deteriorating. Um, there was a great exchange with Elon Musk. Let's take a listen to this.
0: What has it been like? Uh, you've you've owned
1: X for a year now. Oh, yeah. Does, do, you, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and have a dream that you didn't do it? <laughs> and your life is infinitely easier?
2: Well, it's certainly um, a recipe for trouble, I suppose, or contention um
1: what was it ultimately that led you to make the decision to do it this is interesting
2: this is going to sound uh somewhat melodramatic but i was worried about that that it was having a corrosive effect on civilization uh that it was uh just having a bad a bad impact um and um I think part of it is that it's it's where it's where it was located, which is uh, you know downtown San Francisco. Um, and while I, I think San Francisco is a beautiful city and and which should really fight hard to um, kind of right the ship of San Francisco, if you've walked around downtown San Francisco right near the XFK Twitter headquarters, it's a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's rough. Have you have you been been in that area? Not lately.
0: No. Yeah. I've heard. It's crazy. I've heard it's crazy. I've heard you, you really can't believe it until you actually go there.
2: You can't believe it until you go there. So now you have to say, well, what philosophy led to that outcome? And that philosophy was being piped to Earth. So, um, you know, a philosophy that would be ordinarily quite niche and geographically constrained, so that, that the sort of the fallout uh, area would be limited, um, was effectively given an information a weapon, um, an tech, uh, information technology weapon to propagate uh, what is essentially a mind virus to the rest of both. Um, and the outcome of that mind virus is very clear if you walk around the streets of downtown San Francisco. It is the end of civilization.
0: And it's not just uh, propagating the mind virus, but suppressing any opposing viewpoints.
2: Yes. Well, in order for the virus to propagate, it must suppress opposing viewpoints. So... Because it doesn't stand up to scrutiny,
1: correct. That's why they didn't want ivermectin, right? Ivermectin was going to get in the way of COVID. <laughs> it's the same virus, you know what I mean? The virus of information and the vi- that is is censorship. Like the censorship is the ivermectin to free speech and truth. You know, I mean, philosophically, you can get into all of that. It's it's quite interesting. So um, there's this meme that's going around. says Hamas leaders worth staggering $11 billion revel in luxury on private jets while Gaza people suffer. Yeah, and we keep on giving them money and stuff like that. It's just ridiculous. Who else wants proof of citizenship and a photo ID required to vote? Hmm, I do. Why can't we get that? I'm not alone, Right other people want it too the threat of terrorism has never been higher in Britain as many thousands of Palestinians and Hamas supporters plan to disrupt the armistice day and so this Jim Ferguson is talking about that they're talking about a Palestinian uprising today that's you know today literally today I've heard that from the State Department um all right This one says, a polling location in PA was caught flipping votes for a judge race between Democrats and Republicans. That's a fact. That's true. The error was eventually caught and they've gone to paper ballots. The county executive says he's frustrated and doesn't understand how this wasn't caught sooner. Maybe it's time to go to all paper ballots nationwide. Oh, huh, that's a good idea, right? Why not? Why not do that so um yeah, let's see. We have very limited time left. There was a couple of things I wanted to to play um, so this one person wrote this: today's election proves we need g o p ticket who can sympathize with women and address economic concerns of childhood on the issue of abortion in order to win in 2024. There's only one ticket who can do this while being vehemently anti-establishment. Donald Trump and Nancy Mace. Wow. Didn't see that one coming. But I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought that was an interesting thing. I think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders would be a good choice. I just think that South Carolina is where Nancy Mace is from, and Huckabee Sanders, you know, Sarah, is uh, from Arkansas. Trump's already won those two. And that maybe he needs to get a VP that from a state that he needs to flip. And right now, the only one that he's losing in, in terms of the battleground states, is Wisconsin, probably thanks to Paul Ryan, which is probably the same reason Bashir won in Kentucky. is no help from McConnell, Right. And uh, I didn't, you know, and Rand Paul was pushing for the Republican. But, you know, we shouldn't be losing these states like Kentucky and losing issues in Ohio or, you know, being behind in Wisconsin. We shouldn't. This shouldn't be happening under a Biden administration that's so abysmal and so wrong all the time. And so something needs to be done. You know, we uh, didn't have a great night. And 2023's election, we didn't have a great night in 2022's midterm election, you know. And I'm just saying, what the heck is going on? And why won't Ron and McDaniel resign in disgrace? So I'm. It should happen, though. It absolutely should happen. But this Nancy thing thing's kind of interesting. And, you know, like I say, somebody pushed Senator Ron Johnson uh, uh, as a way to pick up Wisconsin. Maybe. Who knows? Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapac.org. Find out how we're advancing America First values to make America great again. That's America First values. Go to uh, magapac.org. And uh, if you make a donation, it really does help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free. We get a whole bunch of ads through the Red State Talk Radio. We could put them on our, this show any day of the week. I don't want to do it. And, uh, and so, you know, donations to magapac.org help out that way. Uh, keeping us commercial-free for a whole hour works really well for podcasts. You don't have to get disrupted that way. Uh, Also, you can check out buglecall.org for all of our bios for the board members on this nonprofit. Use red state as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy.